Hello, it's happy times and places in which I, Toby Haydoke, ask a friend of mine to choose a Doctor Who story. I will then commentate through the story, all the time trying to guess what my friend's favourite things about this particular instalment are. Well, oh, welcome to my home. Uh, I was going to watch something else tonight and I thought, no, I'm in the mood for this. We shall explore why uh, very, very shortly. But first, um, <laughs> let's uh, introduce ourselves to uh, the special guest who has chosen this particular story. Now, I never watch the videos in advance, but I have to check the very beginnings of them to make sure they work so I don't get any unpleasant surprises um, of failing technology um, sort of live as I as I do this. Um, so I've, I've, I've seen a snippet of what my special guest has done. And let's say I think he's put in quite a lot of effort and gusto. Um, so you may need to prepare yourselves for Nick Randall, who I met because uh, he interviewed me for his podcast, which is called Scratch and Sniff, where he's interviewed lots of very interesting people and me. Uh, I think he had a, uh, I don't know, I think he must have been let down by somebody off the telly or something. Uh, but anyway, he very kindly um, showered me with uh, gifts uh, after I went and talked about my, uh, my not very illustrious career at him. Uh, and we've kept in touch and he's lovely. Uh, and uh, he's he's yeah he's certainly he's certainly gone to an effort. So let's see uh, who he is, and um, uh, and and why why he's chosen this particular story. Oh hello. You just caught me polishing my stalk. <laughs> uh, my name's Nick. Uh, I'm a podcaster and a rancid old Doctor Who fan from the time of darkness. And I mean that literally. We're talking uh, power cuts and three-day weeks, if you remember that far back. Uh, thank you so much to Toby Hayden for allowing me this chance to be on your fantastic podcast, Happy Times and Places, to talk all about certain bits of Doctor Who episodes and see if you can guess my favourite bits of those episodes. I think that's right. Uh, very exciting for a Doctor Who fan. Now, some of you out there might think I'm not a bona fide Doctor Who fan, and you just think I've been parachuted in from some below-par 80s sitcom from the commercial channel. Um, but I do actually have my Doctor Who sack here to prove to you uh, that I've got quite a lot of memorabilia. Now, this is actually bigger on the inside than the outside. So what have we got in it, folks? There's the dreaded Daleks. Most exciting there. I've even got my very, very own, there it is, sonic screwdriver. Oh, <laughs> and it does work. And what else we got in here? Oh, we have the dreaded silence. Silence will fall. <laughs> oh, and we've also got, I've got to show you this, the silence. Silence will fall. <laughs> All right. Lucky producer. Um, oh. That's to remind me to defrost a turkey. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about two classic episodes from the David Tennant, Billy Piper era. Uh, the Impossible Planet, that's a planet that's impossible, and the Satan Pit. Over to you, Toby. <laughs> I, uh, I told you he'd make an impression and it got to an effort. Um, so, Nick has chosen, rancid old Doctor Vanilla, has chosen 
the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. And I noticed from the video files, he's chosen three and a bonus for each episode. You're supposed to choose three from each episode if it's a new series and, and a bonus that covers either one or both. Um, otherwise, I'd have just said choose four from each. But he's not the first person that's made a mistake uh, in terms of uh, what you choose for the new series because I don't think I was very clear. If you remember, Lisa Gledhill, I think, chose just three things from uh, Tooth and Claw when it should be five. For, it's five for a new series episode or three each if it's a two-parter um plus a bonus three for each if it's two parts plus but anyway it doesn't matter um nobody's keeping score or tabs i mean i really hope they aren't <laughs> if you are in the words of alec guinness please never do that again um go and do something with your lives um but i'd also be secretly pleased if somebody was chronicling this nonsense they won't be um, one day, maybe in the future, when all of Doctor Who has been disgorged, they, they go, somebody will come up and go, I'm a fan of obscure podcasts. Anyway, um, so I am on iPlayer, which means I might have to leap into action when the closing credits hit. Um, but for now, uh, I'm going to press play in three, two, one. Uh, I remember exactly the day I watched. It's been quite a sunny day here, uh, and I've been walking in the park. And in fact, I walked past that park on my way back from a barbecue to watch this episode. It was still a time when I absolutely insisted on watching Doctor Who go out live. Uh, I, I mean, unless I was gigging. But I remember that because uh, I'm. I, th I think I, I managed to do most of series one live um but i remember i missed rise of the cybermen because i was doing a, a, a well-paid gig i couldn't turn down and i got a text from a friend uh telling me uh, uh ab ab about it the, the general feeling was that it was mildly disappointing rise of the cybermen um but but d disappointing at this point was good but not really not not as amazing as all of the other stuff and i think that that, that two part and then the idiot's lantern which was fine um i actually like the idiot's lantern much more now than i did then where well, i thought it was i thought it was fine uh but not nothing to get carried away about and then this episode there'd been there'd been a a, a clip on totally doctor who that for, for for the time it went out i remember thinking wow that's terrifying uh and and it featured gabriel wolf's voice um it's the scene where he, the, the the beast talks to toby and i remember thinking this looks right up my street so i was quite excited about this and i walked home from a barbecue in the sweltering heat i think i can say historians this is the only doctor who story that i've watched have either having just eaten or just or polishing off a tangle twister ice lolly that was melting because it was so hot um uh so really bad timing for a story that i think is best watched uh at midnight in front of a log fire those we'd, we'd got french windows put in and there was the sun was streaming in uh for this terrifying and that we've got a sort of false 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 cliffhanger here um but I, I have to say, I think, I think the uh, the pre credits cliffhanger is a is a moment of genius, and I think it's a shame that we've we've lost them latterly. Um, but I think Russell T Davis's era, 
does story beats really really well and he's got an eye to luring people in you have the cliff you, you have the cliffhanger before the story begins and then pretty much every five minutes there's a there's a game-changing moment or a dramatic moment um and 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 it's a way of keeping you interest i and and, and i think these stories do that so brilliantly um so yes um before we get to this there that those des the designs of the oud are marvelous um again it's that clever thing of of taking an bits of an existing creature they've got a bit bit squid like aren't they but they've got a lovely benign quality to their eyes silas carson's voice is also lovely danny webb one of my favorite actors i was so excited to see that he was doing doctor who and i was worried because because when actors who were doing well when i was younger uh, you know appear you know it's something when i'm an adult i always sort of hope that they they either get top billing or they stay alive for a bit and that it's not a because i don't like the idea of an actor's career sort of dive bombing and i'm very i was very pleased to see danny webb gets top billing uh even though he's not you know the you know it's a bit of an ensemble piece top billing for danny webb uh, who i understand got the part because um he was auditioning for something else in the building and he saw they were doing doctor who uh and uh, and he went and said oh, can i have a word and uh, he was actually somebody they'd been they'd been thinking of uh he was what did i know him from he was in kenneth branagh's henry v as uh uh as as gower the english captain um uh and he was in alien 3 of course uh, he's this he's uh, turn away now if you've not seen alien 3 he's he's about the only survivor isn't he he swears a lot he gets the last line f him um uh this is a base under siege story absolutely right up my street my my first doctor who book was the web of fear so get a load of personnel preferably some military ones stick them in a stick them in a a, a few sets because i also grew up watching things like the poseidon adventure uh you know where you like you you got to know certain characters and half the fun was working out who was gonna die you know um sean parks has uh just returned for big finish actually um excellent actor award-winning actor did, did, if you didn't see small acts a uh, series of films on the bbc excellent oh it's a really good cast this um uh, uh and mayanna burring who's gone on to, i think this is one of her first things has gone on to have a fantastic career um Ronnie, I sort of, I'd, I'd forgotten, I sort of knew because he'd done a play at the Royal Exchange Theatre at the same time that I was there and he'd come to a couple of my gigs and we all hang, hung out a bit. Uh, he's a lovely chap. Um, and Claire Rushbrook, uh, they were going to bring her back at some point. And Toby, uh, the first, there's only one classic series character called Toby. Uh, I'm not talk, talking to Tobias. Uh, uh, that's Windsor Davis in Evil of the Daleks. There's a Toby here, but there's, there's been Tobys since. There's uh, in the in the in the pirate, uh, the Curse of the Black Spot. There's a Toby, um, but this is Toby Zed, Will Thorpe, uh, fresh from Casualty, where he played an ambulance driver. So it's a cast of recognisable faces, um, and it's always nice. I, I actually quite liked seeing regulars from soaps. I mentioned this when uh, Bruno Langley was in Dalek. Uh, turn up and turn their hand to sci-fi and acquit themselves well because it was a way of bringing viewers who may be ambivalent towards science fiction into it and going oh okay it's it's that guy who i know from that thing and 
uh, oh and they're fitting in and they don't stick out and 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 it this but i have to say i i once wrote a a, a doctor who story when i was at a, a friend's house uh, and and the opening thing, and we and we read the results out to the the, the gathered parents uh, and i read out a scene where they basically did the roll call because i wanted to introduce lots of characters and then kill them off uh and it was i was halfway through the roll call and i could see everyone sort of laughing and stifling because because i was aware this was going on forever and it wasn't very dramatic um so i'm always reminded of that that shame because it was i mean there's about 25 people on it as well um because it wasn't a very elegant way of introducing people but the reason i chuckle at this uh uh this introductory scene is because she introduces everybody including toby zed who's gone except for Danny Webb's two non-speaking security guards and having just done the seeds of death where poor old Harvey who's an extra who nobody ever refers to again th- th- she she goes and that guy's gone as Toby Zed and that that's that's Danny Webb that's uh that that's the our head of security uh yeah and who what are the names of the two guards oh that's um that's uh Sheila and Keith uh, uh oh right yeah yeah they don't say much <laughs> they they're, they're, they've been marked for death um, but it does, but it, it's because when so much attention to detail is paid on these brilliant, brilliant productions, it's, it's always been a thing where if you're a non-speaking person, you're, you're a bit like scenery. And so we, we don't have to think about you, but it makes me giggle because in a real situation, you would, you wouldn't do that. Uh, I, I love Claire Rushbrook's diction and manner. Um, she's got a very gentle empathic intelligent quality about her um but i also doesn't she get the line here where she says i'm going to give you some information now fyi as they used to say in the old days and you go what why have you why have you said that i i don't stub my foot and go oh bugger or zoons as they would have said in the olden days uh it's 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 uh, yeah so there's there's a couple of moments that make me giggle a bit uh, <laughs> uh that's a i it's such a good production this um it's such a good production this it's uh, i love okay, the genius of getting gabriel wolf's voice um because it resonates for those of us who um love pyramids of mars for which he played the voice of sutek one of the greatest vocal performances in the whole of classic who history one of the great doctor who villains uh represented simply by somebody sitting in a chair with a mask on and a voice um and whoever whose ever idea it was to get him back for this because it because it ties in with the theme because because sutek was an ancient you know was a was an ancient god slash alien uh slash um uh uh you know breeder of the satan myth or or, you know part part of that and and that's what the 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 creature is here as well so and it's that and there's nothing better than something bit sci-fi, futuristic base, very aliens, love that. But uh, taking us uh, right back to our ancient primal fears and, and uh, you know, mythology, which because it is old and because it is in the past and because everybody involved in the chronicling of it is dead, somehow has, you know, an ancient power as also associated with death and dustiness and, and the fact that... Uh, uh, you know the past is 
by its very nature full of ghosts you know that's that they're the only people that inhabit it they're all dead um they love the little character notes um you know they're setting up zach i thought zach would die in a blaze of glory i, I remember we we had a little um i like it when the doctor wears glasses uh we, we had a little i'll, I'll no I'll, I'll talk about the, the the little internet uh page that we had uh, maybe a, bit, a little bit later. I haven't even finished saying how wonderful the Ood are. Silas Carson is the voice of the Ood. Uh, we, we, we don't really, it's interesting, we don't really explore massively um, the treatment of the Ood and especially the fact that they all die at the end and nobody seems to mind too much. Um, so, so actually, these, these are all nice people uh, on this uh, space station. Um, but they are, they do have slaves, essentially, although they're willing slaves, I think, uh, you know, we, and, and it is, it is drawn attention to, but actually it's not the point of the story. So it's a, a lovely, clever little piece of shading that just says, um, yeah, just, just have an eye on this because it's slightly dodgy, uh, but that's not what the story is about. But it's there, lurking in the background. It's it's very interesting, and of course they become very important important to the mythology of Doctor Who later on. They are a terrific design, a synthesis of design and voice, uh, and of course the fact that they are so gentle and benevolent. They do the empty child trick. The empty child is scary because it sounds like a child. The ood when they're taken over by the beast sounds scary because they're polite a bit like the robots of death you know it's the calmness and the politeness when they say we're gonna kill you all that makes them scary so so much going on here that is brilliant uh, and this bit uh this bit about fueling the empire starting the war that was the trailer last week so it makes you think oh is this about some dodgy spacefaring stripping planets and minerals uh, it's actually none of that's very important at all that's to give them a reason to be there but actually the story ultimately doesn't care about that so it's very interesting that that was what was sort of plugged uh uh whereas actually it's just a, it's just a little bit of texture um yes buried something and it's reaching out and look at all of these close-ups i i have to say there's a bit here that i really don't like um <laughs> And I'll tell you the bit. I'll tell you the bit. I, 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 the, the, it's this. It's this. But David Tennant makes a noise because he, when he hugs him, which I know some people hate, I'm fine with that. It's uh, and, and the Doctor and Rose are worth talking about at some point. Hang on. But is it? yeah. Yeah, right. It's when Zach says not at all, and the doctor sort of goes <gasps> like a sort of like Bertie Worcester on acid. It's a really odd sort of because he's he's being quite um, uh, he's being quite sycophantic is the wrong word, but he's being quite syrupy there. In 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 a, 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 and I know there was a feeling at the time that the doctor and Rose were a little bit too smug, which, as we discover, is being very cleverly woven into it because um uh, of their ultimate downfall and uh, you know there's there's precedent for that with doc two you know john pert was doctor regeneration is as a result of you know uh his uh his inner failings in a way that the whole of planet of the spiders is a parable about you know having to reborn to cleanse 
to have the rebirth having to cleanse you this dating back to you know the the, the ending of uh of um tooth and claw where they're you know having a laugh and and they're, they're being sort of set up for a fall um and kudos to doc two magazine because i know that in their interview with russell t davis they did they did say that they did say is oh, dr rose a little bit smug and and one i think the fact that they had enough of a relationship with him that they were able to ask him that the fact that he allowed that to be asked the fact that that was allowed to go into the magazine i shows great healthiness uh, and, and confidence um, and decency from from him him as an exec, um, and 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 a healthy attitude to the to the program. No, you know when a lot of the publicity around the show was necessarily an electronic press kit like Doc Two Confidential. You know, of course it was good. That, that, that I remember some people go on various forums. Oh, well they're just they're just going on about how great the show is. Well, of course they are. It's it's part of it's. It's 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 some really interesting behind the scenes stuff, but they're 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 never going to go. You know, it's for history to tell us which ones were a nightmare or which ones were awful. Although they were pretty candid on Doctor Confidential, there was about things that didn't work or whatever. But yeah, the the tone was upbeat. But actually, you know, Doctor Magazine were allowed to ask questions, um, and uh, and I think occasionally the Doctor and Rose are a little bit uncomfortable um, to watch. Um, and that bit with the doctor hugging Zach, I I can see is a bit marmitey. I can see why people might not like that. Uh, as I say, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of okay with it because I think David Tennant's so good. But I just don't like that noise he makes. Uh, and, and you don't. It's not the camera's not actually on him, so it might not even be his noise. It might just be a bit of the rafters creaking. But it's a, <laughs> um, yeah, I can't even do it. <laughs> um, but this is great. We've so they've lost the TARDIS. Uh, and look at that shot as well, which is, um, and it's got Bolero from which uh, my generation associate with Torval and Dean, the, uh, the the ice skaters. Um, in fact, I remember. I'm sure SFX magazine did a preview of this, and I think it hadn't been fully scored. And uh, at the end of this, they'd put a temporary track in, and they'd use Mars Bringer of War, but. The reviewer hadn't realized that and said oh and the welcome use of mars bringer of war and so when i heard this coming i thought oh they are they're augmenting it with actual actual music whereas this one is obviously part of the the story but maybe that's how mars comes in mars didn't come in at all um uh so that was the oh it was so great at the time because you'd be on the internet um you know you'd be fed little bits tantalizing little glimpses and the places you could go where you could get spoiler free previews jason arnup did some on on gallifrey base i remember sfx magazine did them and they judged them very well this was the scene on totally doc 2 which was a kid's show which i taped all of uh, and i had to be in for uh i taped did i tape on video i was still using vhs at this point and making my own covers uh when the whole world was on that moved on to dvd uh, no, I was recording things on VHS. I had a DVD player, not a recorder. Um, uh, this is so brilliant. I love this scene. I love the, I love the darkness of it. It's, I mean, it's about as scary as Doctor Who can go, really. And it's just a man talking to another man. But it's that. It, you have the sort of ring thing, don't you? Whether that scene that comes up, you know, the don't turn around. Well, of course, if somebody tells you not to turn around, you're tempted to turn around um um 
but yeah uh, so so uh, and uh what what we had on our comedy forum oh I, hang on i like this bit coming up as well because this is just oh we're doing a bit of what do they eat uh, it seems like beans and soya sauce uh and and uh, it just seems to be a bit of oh awkwardness with the alien and they they're getting used to the oh you go still underlining but I love that I that is just a terrifying thing the man that the 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 ood suddenly doing that ancient litany and it's brilliant because all of that stuff when when you're talking about a creature from mythology you can have that sort of language that has a grandiosity uh based on because it's from ancient screed uh so you can use language that you wouldn't use now which again gives it its power and i love this bit where you is this where you get the flash of the oh look at that this is i mean there are so many amazing moments this is absolutely chock full with quality spooks and scares i wouldn't be surprised if when they watched the first edit of this they just went this is just fantastic um and it's a and it's a sort of, you know, it's a traditional Doctor Who base under siege, except in the next episode, of course, it becomes... Of course you don't know Alexa. Um, sorry, I'm being heckled by Alexa. Um, I must stop saying a name. Um, yeah, 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 she's like a voice in my ear saying things that terrify me. <laughs> I, I adore this scene. I think it's absolutely terrific. It's scary, and it's just a basic thing. If you're a kid watching this, I should think you discovered that the colour of adrenaline is brown. Uh, I just think... Yeah, the temptation. It's like the ring, isn't it? Don't look at this. Um, and Gabriel Wolfe is so amazing. Um, and it's brilliantly directed. Is this James Strong's first one? I think it is, and he d does a terrific job on this. Uh, one look and you'll die. Uh, I'm coming to, and the camera's coming towards. But of course, the second episode becomes something different. Uh, you've got that whole long bit of the Doctor musing on religion and what it's all about. It's, 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 yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a story that's going to go one direction. And you still get plenty of that, you know, aliens kind of stuff. But there's more to it. There's more to it. Um, and that's so clever, isn't it? The writing's gone. Where is it? Uh, it's on his hands. That is, uh, I mean, it's not on his hands yet, but it's going to be on his hands. Sorry. It's on his hands, guys. Um, uh, I mean, and the music, I, I, I just think that's a brilliant Doctor Who scene. I, I remember watching it in the blazing sun, just going, this is the Doctor Who I, I never dreamed of, and yet now this is it. This is perfect Doctor Who to me. This is perfect Doctor Who reimagined for the 21st century. Uh, it's it's got stuff that's like Doctor Who, even though it's stuff that Doctor Who hasn't done, or if it has done, it didn't do it in that way. Oh, it's just I love it. Sorry, I know I'm supposed to be being positive. Um, sometimes it's easier than others, uh, and there's there's always something that's gauging your interest. Uh, and of course, this is brilliant seeding because. Uh, you know, we, we, we have the roof opening, which uh, later on is going to have quite a horrible moment. Um, and you've still got lurking the fact that the Doctor and Rose have lost the TARDIS. And of course, they're going to get it back in the end. But it just gives another moment uh, of jeopardy. 
and it puts them on edge it puts them on the back foot um and even though these people seem nice but you do have that lurking at the back you know they are slavers in a way and you've also got lurking what keith and sylvia haven't have i called them keith and sylvia i think so they've just had their dinner uh yeah, Jefferson, sign off the airlock. Scooty, go and do a thing. Uh, Keith and Sylvia, what are you going to do? Get Play table football? Uh, I think you saw Jefferson actually incline his head there to say, you two come with me. See, yeah, uh, Claire Ashbrook doesn't even, doesn't even speak to them. Yeah, yeah, all right, I'll tell Keith and Sylvia. Are, we, are you, are you going to blank them forever? Uh, Ida? Um And the score for this is very good as well. It, it does have, uh, I I I think Murray Gold, uh, who would also for some quarters get a lot of stick, I think is is hugely responsible for the uh, the the feel of a lot of these stories. And I know a lot of people don't like wall to wall music, and there are occasions. Uh, I th you know I think a com comedy scenes perhaps don't always need plinky plonky accompaniment to tell you that they're comedy but i'm a comedian so i would say that like, just leave the jokes to us we don't need you to signify them um but and i had these soundtracks so yeah we had we had on, on my on my on a comedy forum that i used to go on i used to go on all sorts of forums i used to so worry about what people had to say and and, and if people were mean try and correct it I couldn't give a stuff what anybody thinks now and I don't know why people do I see people on Twitter today getting angry with people's uh, uh, reaction to the Comic Con trailer here or this piece of casting there I don't care what anybody else thinks <laughs> I just know what I mean I want everybody to like Doctor Who but if somebody's going to get cross with us fine um, no, nobody's opinion is wrong I'm not going to change their opinion either Um Sorry, it's, it's bizarre people get angry with other people's opinions but i but i i was there i spent way too much time in the early days of internet forums you know patrolling it for uh, information or people saying things that i didn't agree with or or you know little snippets about the new series particularly you know stuff coming out uh who's calling her this is a lovely little mystery he is a wet brilliant brilliant uh and it's great because you just have the devil speaking through different people so yeah anyway on this comedy forum we'd we you know I'd, I'd always do a thread about the latest doctor who uh and i said let's play who do we think's gonna die in what order uh and i i thought everyone was gonna die apart from toby and ida I thought they would be the survivors. I thought everyone else would get killed. Uh, I, th I thought Danny would get killed first because um, uh, he's slightly cowardly, you know, um, uh, and, and sort of comic relief-y. Um, I thought Zach was, you know, definitely going to prove himself uh, by, uh, you know, doing something brave and proving that he could be captain, stay behind to blow up the base or whatever. Um uh, I thought Jefferson, I thought, would pretty much go the way that he did, you know, doing doing something brave and holding people off. Um, I didn't even bother with Sheila and Keith. I knew they were, Well, I think Sheila dies in the trailer. Sylvia. Sylvia or Sheila? Which do I prefer? Sheila. Sheila. Uh, I think Sheila dies in the trailer for next week, doesn't she? Uh, her death is... Uh, and Keith dies this week. 
yeah so i knew they were toast i knew they were toast from the minute they didn't say anything this is brilliant and of course there's there's not all that number uh, i saw this you know in doctor who confidential there's they, they got fewer ood than that and they just had to shoot it a few times for the for the sort of aerial shot and this is great because i don't really know what any of that you, you know basic you know basic 30 and all that what it means but what it is is it's a number that ups the ante it's a thing that goes off the scale that look at that you will worship it and, and it's the fact that they're so kindly a voice uh that makes them so terrifying um oh poor old scooty minister um and she's had a brilliant career hasn't she uh, and they, they in the doc 2 confidential they went into great detail about because she had to she had to uh go underwater didn't she then they had to they had some underwater filming for this so i think the commentary that they had on the episode those were the days weren't they when there was a a red button commentary and you got a commentary on the dvd uh i mean they really went to it, being a doctor who fan at this time was the best it was just the best my personal life wasn't in it god it's so much water under the bridge between between then and now i mean god mike so when, when was this this was god so my kids who were who were you know infants chiny children you know yeah juniors uh then are, are now men Whoa. um lots of I've I've disappointed m more than one woman between between then and now. Uh, a lot of water under the bridge. This seems I, I consider this new who, and let, if I think of the amount of life I've lived uh, between then and now, um, why did I get onto that? Oh well, because my Anna Burings had a, a fantastic career since then. But oh, but being a Doctor Who fan at that time, um, and uh, yeah, life life wasn't particularly great in in many ways where i was in my personal life and in my upstairs um being a doctor who fan was amazing and i think and i and i think i'd lived a lot of my life being cross about the fact that doctor who wasn't on anymore because it really was still is the thing that gives me the most pleasure uh uh that not only had it come back but this is serious too uh, and people are still sticking with it uh, you know the difficult second album uh, suffering the loss of a doctor actually uh is oh, and that's that's great because somebody has to die and it's lovely poor old scooty that's a great way of doing her death as well the just the glass and her hands coming away uh, we like poor old scooty good name too scooty minister it's a great name um um but being a Doctor Who fan at this time, I almost feel sorry for young... And I can't believe I'm saying it because I still... I was talking to... I bumped into somebody I used to go to school with the other day and we're both 47. And I was, we were saying we, we still both look out of the same eyes that we uh, looked out when we were 18 where we thought 47-year-olds knew, knew everything and had it all sorted and didn't have any worries. Oh, God. Uh, I'm still clueless and terrified. Um... Uh, <laughs> clueless and terrified and disappointed but doctor who um doc yeah doctor who was riding high and after all of those years um 
Is everyone there? Where where is where are Shader and Keith? Are Shader and Keith there? I don't know if they are. And I wonder if there was a discussion about uh Shader and Keith at any point. Uh but it was Oh yeah, there they are. They're in the foreground. Good. Yeah. Oh, and I like Danny. That's Danny Webb said, "Come on to them there as well." Dan, Danny Webb is being a nice actor there, is he's sort of including the supporting artists in his business uh, in order, and, and that's nice. And I and I know when uh, you're a performer who's got very little to do, uh, and there's a, a performer of stature with you, and they and they sort of include you in what they're doing. It's it's nice. Oh, Keith got to do a bit of. Uh, hand acting arm she's not i haven't seen her anywhere um uh and of course this is brilliant because we've already established what that is <gasps> and rose sees it before we do and that's a that's a that's it's interesting the effect looks slightly dated now i remember at the time it was it was uh you know it's state of the art i still think it holds up but uh it's and again, the, the the fact that he does it in the official way, um, rather than saying Scoot is dead, give her official state, blah, 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 that makes, gives it more gravitas. He's very good, Russell T. Davis, at, at, uh, at making each individual death land, each individual dramatic moment land, and the timing of the way a face turned and the cutting. And so it's not just Russell, it's, it's, the, it's the direction as well. And give a good actor a speech. I don't... Yeah. And I don't know what that's from. Um, and I think it is from something. And I think it might be a, a slightly truncated or cut about. But whatever it is, don't write in. Um, uh, it, again, I'm a sucker for something that sounds like it has import, you know even though it's just words, but it gives it an emotion. You feel the death of Scooty and each person reacts in a different way. Ida's, you know, she was 20 is a very human response, but, but Jefferson's reaction, which is less sort of personal, but, but somehow acquires a loftiness because of he, he does it in, in, in terms of the way that he does his job. Um, is this the first time? I think this is the first time we see the orange spacesuits as well, which become a thing. Uh, Sean Parks is great, and and, and th this has taken its cue from Alien and Aliens in the fact that you know they're ordinary people doing a job, and they're not all wearing you know silvery overalls and space hats. Uh, and there's lots of industrial smoke and all of that sort of stuff, uh, which is great. Uh, oh. And and there's a bit of this Murray Gold theme is the is 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 a is a recurring one, isn't it? Um, while I'm enjoying this adventure, I hope that you are. And it actually hasn't become that basic under CG yet. It's more a sort of Space 1999 thing, isn't it? 1999, Space 99, we used to call it. Um, of you know somebody being taken over by something. Um, and of course, something somebody being taken over by something is always good because you know you get the the strength of the actor rather than it having to be you know somebody in a in a rubber mask or something. Although actually, the the rubber mask stuff going on here is 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 great. 
Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so we've got um, Ida and the Doctor going down. They make a nice pairing, don't they, Ida and the Doctor? She's one of those great, uh, like, uh, like Jane Hampton in The Awakening and uh, 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 Todd in, in Kinder, um, a sort of uh, in, intelligent... Um, I don't want to say older woman because that's I, mean, I just mean older than often companion types are um, uh, the sort of people the doctor normally hangs around with um, uh, and, I, and I really like the dynamic that they have and I, I and I, I got a feeling he was thinking of bringing her back at some point wasn't he um, and then and then it, it didn't happen but uh, she would have been a character that I would have quite happily seen return uh, and brings a lovely humanity. She's got, as I say, she's got such a sort of gentle, empathic quality about her as an actress. Uh, and not, I, I, I sort of knew who she was, but I'm not, I'm not, I didn't associate her with a particular programme. Um, but yeah, uh, she's, uh, she's great. It's a great cast. Not a weak link in the cast, I don't think. Um, and uh, that you know this is getting very very exciting now uh, because the Uda on the march and I think this is bad news for Keith isn't it um, who's not going to shoot them because they're valuable in their livestock or whatever um, which gives him an excuse for because sometimes you think why don't you just kill them um, And so they're down at the bottom, which is lovely. Uh, but now we're going to... So having lost the TARDIS, we're now going to have uh, Rose and the Doctor uh, separated from each other. There's always... There are always odds, and it's always tied to that central relationship. I love the Gravity Globe. That's a nice little bit of sci-fi. Um, Oh, and there's a gargoyle thing in the rocks. I like that. Because this is location, isn't it? Um, which gives it a fantastic sense of scale. Um, but it's location augmented, which I can see much better on this big screen than I than I recall at the time. I don't recall the, 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 the big scary beasts being quite so noticeable. Oh, I've just forgotten. I haven't seen this for a while. Uh, I like it, though. Um... And, and of course, poor old Sean Parks, if you think about it, if you break down his contribution to this, uh, he must have spent a couple of days just in that chair acting because he spends quite a lot of his screen time on his own. Uh, and actually, that, that to, to, to stop that, to keep the energy up, to actually behave as if you really are talking to other people and, and to keep it alive, that takes... I think that's some, sometimes the invisible acting that doesn't always get uh, the the credit that it deserves because it's so it blends in so seamlessly. But you need a you need a good actor to be doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, what's happening, Danny? Ask ask Keith. Uh, but all of this industrial stuff is great, and and it's funny because there's a lot of yellow in the set, which uh, yellow. Yellow is not a colour one uh, associates with horror, 
but uh, it's uh, basic 100 yeah yeah see that I mean it doesn't really mean anything but it it gives it another it's like a, here's a thing we've invented to tell you things are bad um, don't call her officer at arms call her by her name oh now she just nodded then so that yes sir will have been done in post by not the actress playing the part it's how a lot of things are done these days now i think to do a yes sir i think that's perfectly acceptable but you quite often now get parts that would have been played by a, an actor um i spooks used to do it all the time where i'd be you know be sort of out of focus over somebody's shoulder and they'd say sir here's some important stuff that we're telling you and the shoulder wouldn't belong to the person doing the voice because you could pay the shoulder an extras fee you could pay the voice guy person an adr fee and it saves you having to hire an actor and give them all the things that you have to give actors um so it means that the parts that you know people used to be able to you know help augment their careers with you know by doing bits and bobs here and there uh, uh sort of getting ironed out or diminished or, or 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 changed or not happening um which is which is not great news um uh when when work on television is so scant um love this oh gabriel wolf and well done well done will thorpe as well um because uh and poor old Toby had been so sweet, um, uh, and and he and of course he still is when he loses. And but just the little things like the, the the crunching of his muscles there when he does that. And oh, and I totally forgotten about this. The 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 whole brilliant the devil playing with the psychology of everybody. So we don't know what Mister Jefferson did, but Danny Webb's acting tells you all you need to know. Uh, that his buttons are being pushed by this uh creature um uh and of course the devil is the voice in our head you know and and there's the scene next week when when uh you know again he preys upon everybody's insecurities and of course it's our insecurities that uh that, that bedevil us as it were and he did a nice little look there um will thought when he'd when when the devil had taken him to show that oh no Toby's still so you so you you the, for the whole thing when Toby's not the devil, the beast you you know you actually feel quite sorry for him which is why I thought he would be okay which is why it's quite a nice slight of hand that he's he 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 retains that vestige. I think at this point you're desperate. Um, for somebody to shoot somebody because there's a lot of stand down click your weapon don't do this bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, and I think Mr. Jefferson does start shooting uh, because because I'm just getting to the point now I go somebody shoot somebody for goodness sake because I think I think Keith really takes his time you don't know what you're doing um, I mean shoot first Keith ask questions later but uh, he's, he's got quite pointy sideburns there Keith yeah, he, he, oh, see, if if you'd fired when he was at the foot of the stairs, Keith, you'd have lived to episode two. But Danny doesn't go, Keith's dead. I'm, I think I think Keith and Sylvia are brother and sister, and they're both called Harvey, and they're related to Harvey from the Seeds of Death. That I've decided that. Um, <laughs> because, because 
if if say Danny had been with Jefferson and Jefferson had just been killed, he'd have gone, Mr. Jefferson has died, but Keith isn't even mentioned in the log. Actually, at the end, does it? They list the ood before they mention Sylvia and Keith. I'm I'm very very sad for Sylvia and Keith. Sheila and Keith. I don't even know her name. This is the problem. She's called Sylvia Sheila Harvey. Um, she at least gets to survive to episode two. This location stuff's great. There was something about the size of the hole, isn't it? Don't they say? I'm terrible at maths and sizes and anything anyway, but don't they say it's 20 foot across and it's not, it's 20 metres or the other way around. But that I had to have that pointed out to me. It didn't occur to me at all. Because um, obviously that's not really there. Um, but this is, this is brilliant. This is a great uh, cliffhanger coming up. Um, that is a huge cheat. Um, but everything is piling on. So you've got the Ood on the march. The planet is going into the black hole. The the, the Doctor and uh, Ida are, 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 are next to the Devil's Pit, which it's going to come out of. The Uda marching on Rose. Uh, I mean, any everyone is in danger. Every element of the plot and every character has something that, that is imperiling them. Although in the Doctor and Ida's case, it turns out that that's just the camera. It's not actually the Devil, uh, which is a bit of a cheat. Um, but I think that's brilliant. I think that's so exciting. I think that's atmospheric. Oh, I can read the credits. Danny Webb at the top of them. Um, G Gabriel Wolf. The fact that Gabriel Wolf was sucked through time from Pyramids of Mars uh, to voice the devil uh, in this, I think, was a, 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 a moment of, of genius. And it shows respect to the old series as well um which uh, which which is important to me and 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 i think they did i think they did very well you know i think that i think they did um to to just the right amount actually because you can be too too respectful too upset see that is so unfair on uh, uh on poor old sheila um but that's very aliens isn't it but this you're watching this going this is just a movie. This is a movie, um, and that was a movie. Um, so, so to, to and look at, and they look so good. And that flash of the devil is there going to be a flash? Yes. Oh, so good, so good. Well, there is. I'm not going to watch the next episode, and because of course the next time trailer was at the end of the episode. Um, uh, I uh, uh, I got to see the whole credits moving at a readable speed. Um, that's a terrific episode of Doctor Who. I don't think there's much wrong with that. Um, uh, I think it's all done really, really well. Favourite bits? Well, uh, favourite things? And he's chosen four, I think. Uh, I think the Ood are fantastic. Uh, I think in conception, design, um, voice... There's so much expression. Um, they're totally believable. The texturing, everything. The ood, they're brilliant. And the, when is, weren't the Slitheen supposed to be in that at one point? Um, I know that. It'd be interesting to see the original script because I believe it was it was changed quite a lot. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, the ood, number one. 
number two uh, the scene where toby and gets gets you know don't look at me uh and the beast uh and and, and you know i'll include in that uh getting gabriel wolf to voice the beast so if he chooses that i'm i'm I, that that is encompassed by my choice of that scene um uh uh i uh, i've got to choose four haven't i uh i think uh the the fact oh well i think the ensemble cast i don't want to choose anybody uh uh i'm not going to single anybody out because i think they're all very good um so I think that's going to be number three. And number four, uh, I will choose, well, the fact that it's the devil, the fact that it's a primal horror, that, that, that you, you, have, you have an alien threat, but that also is, is dressed in the clothes of horror. And I love that that combination. Uh, I'm 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 much more scared of horror than I am of sci-fi. This is sci-fi with a horror baddie. Beautiful. Uh, I wonder what Nick. Oh, now he's he's done them in uh, separate files. So this is Nick's favourite thing number one. Thank you, Toby. And let's talk about the impossible planet. Uh, there are so many wonderful Doctor Who moments in this episode that it's really, really, really difficult to pick just the three of them, uh, plus a bonus one, uh, which I might have a bonus one for each episode and just completely change the rules, because that's what the Doctor does, doesn't he? He also lies. Um, I'm not going to lie, uh, uh, but I'm going to tell you what I think about those episodes. Written by Matt Jones, who I used to do uh, martial arts with years ago. Oh, we went to the same club. I don't think we actually were there on the same nights um, for some reason. But uh, yes, he, we used to do that. And he uh, was a teacher at Goldsmiths and then became a brilliant writer, which is fantastic. So Matt, if you're watching, uh, fantastic work. Congratulations on being a brilliant writer. And yes, I have put on a little bit of holiday weight. <laughs> How many holidays have you been on? Uh, no, no, no. Anyway, uh, let's talk about my favourite things of Doctor Who. This episode, the first thing is a little bit left field. It's about Rose Tyler and the Doctor and their evolving relationship. Me, as a viewer, personally, I felt slightly uncomfortable watching because they were making little in-jokes, you know, all very cosy-cosy. Um, Mickey had been completely forgotten after two episodes. Not, no reference at all since he left. And I just think Rose is getting her feet well under that TARDIS console. So I sort of didn't like it because I felt, as a viewer, slightly uh, pushed away. But I wonder if it was sort of written like that to make us feel, oh, what's happening here? So in a sort of weird self-flagellatory way, I kind of liked it. Because I knew where it was going, because I've read a few spoilers, you know. So all I can say to you, Rose Tyler, is there's a storm brewing. There's a storm brewing. <laughs> well, he's enjoying himself, isn't he? <laughs> that raised a lot of things. Yes, Matt Jones. I don't know Matt Jones at all. I knew, of course, he wrote Fluid Links in Doctor Who magazine. 
Um, he's not written. I've n- I've never read an interview with him about Satan Pit. I've never. I couldn't tell you what he looks like. Uh, and yet, yeah, he's the brains behind um, an absolutely fantastic Doctor Who story. I wonder what's one day he will tell his story. I am sure. Um, and, and interestingly, part of that story will be, and, and, uh, and I know Russell has talked about it, but it will be interesting how history takes that journey of the Doctor and Rose and that, because, but is, there is something self-flagellating about going, oh, my thing's really successful. Oh, they seem a bit happy. And then you read into it and go, so they're, they're being smug because suddenly if people are happy when they're successful, they're smug. That's the rules, apparently. And so your self-flagellating thing goes, oh, well, I don't want people to think that it's suddenly I've gone from being the underdog to being the, the one who likes the thing that everybody else likes. So I don't want people to think that's it's amazing. The little the gymnast, the mental gymnastics we do to worry about what people will think and uh, uh, and how people will take, um, uh, you know, our, our attitude or, or even the attitude of the characters in the thing that we like, which are therefore reflected on us. Um, but I, I, I think it has to be deliberate because it's, you know, it's seeded with, you know, yeah, there is, there's a storm coming, there's, you know, you, you've taken your eye off the ball you've enjoyed it too much and there's a there's a sort of moral lesson there in being you know in being addicted to danger you know when she says at the beginning you know should we go somewhere they say should we go somewhere else and they laugh and you know but wherever they go they see people die and it's almost like they're yeah they're adrenaline junkies uh who you know who who eventually you know uh overdose as it were and uh and and the road you know it has to come to an end um so i didn't choose that because but for the same reason that nick did really because i find it a bit uncomfortable uh i know that it's there for a reason but it doesn't mean i particularly like sitting in in terms of what else is in the story those bits you do make me feel slightly uncomfortable which is good which is good for a viewer and good for a drama but i'm but it means I'm not sure I like it. Do you know what I mean? I'm supposed to not like it. So therefore, I'm not going to choose it. <laughs> um, so what's his second thing? Ooh. Now it's time for my second favourite thing. In, shut up. In um, uh, The Impossible Planet. And that is Scooty's Death. Uh, which is a little bit morbid. But it's rather <sighs> beautiful as well. And also, it just encapsulates a really classic exciting, terrifying, wondrous uh, Doctor Who moment. Um, so we start with uh, Scooty sort of uh, closing up for the night, uh, uh, Myanna Burring, who, uh, brilliant performance, uh, brief but fantastic. And then this gradual build up to something's going wrong, we know something's going wrong. Then it cuts to that incredible shot of Toby's head. He's outside on the surface where you can't breathe. And he's got all these amazing scary markings on and he's got red eyes, a bit like mine now, dear readers. And um, and so she looks really, really shocked. And then there's this rather beautiful, mysterious, spiritual connection. And it's all to do with Murray Gold's wonderful uh, music. Um, it sounds like very cello-like, which is supposed to be the closest of a human voice. So there's that sort of spiritual it's, it's almost like it's it's telling some epic story uh, that's connecting them uh, that we have uh, you know we don't know anything about it, it's from you know beyond the universe or whatever um and obviously he's just trying to mess with her head isn't he 
but I just love that. Uh, and then that awful terror when he starts to clench his fist and uh, the glass starts to break. It is terrifying! I mean, my God. Um, so that was fantastic, um, but, you know, very sad as well. Um, R.I.P. Scoochie. Scooty, sorry, that's my producer there. Yeah, I nearly chose that. Why didn't I choose that? Because um, I, I like Danny Webb's speech as well. I'm a sucker for a speech. Um, even when it's not me that's giving it. Um, why didn't I choose Scooty's death? I don't know. Um, it was hiding in plain sight because it is fantastic. And uh, Nick's described the music much better than I could there because I'm not musical at all. And it is that the one that's the thing that's particularly um, what, peculiar to this story is that 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 sort of cello-y score and I hadn't known that about it being closest to the human voice that's interesting but, but it does give it a sort of ancient because um, it feels like it's an ancient reed or something that it's being drawn on I don't know I don't know but it uh, I can see what he means and he explained it better than I why didn't I choose Scooter's death um, I don't know because it's excellent oh dear you, you see you forget when you're under pressure here's his third thing <laughs> Oh, it's just bubble wrap. I thought I'd been taken over by an alien. Uh, that's all right then. Uh, on to my final uh, uh, observation and a happy bit of, well, happy bit of, exciting bit of Doctor Who. Uh, but I do have one more bit as well, uh, which is a bonus bit. Uh, but the end of the episode is my final bit. It's fantastic. It's very, very exciting. It's very Doctor Who-y. Um, there is so much jeopardy going on. The Ood are waking up and they're saying, some have called us Satan. Some have called him Satan. Some have called him Ethel Merman. Some have called him Kato, Rani and the Mara and all that. You know, it's very, very exciting. And the Doctor and Ida, um, Scott, are trapped uh, down in the pit and uh, they've lost the TARDIS and everything. So it's really, really uh, major jeopardy. So that is a pretty um, ding a cliffhanger. Yeah, I didn't choose that either, did I? <laughs> I'm doing so badly. Uh, uh, and yet they're all things I could have chosen. That's interesting because then as I was doing, after I chose the first two, I was struggling to identify things and those two should have come into my head straight away. I need to write things down. Now he's done an extra bit that he says breaks up uh, a lot of the base under siege stuff. So let's see what this extra bit is. Hello. I'm Lord Squawky McSquawky from the Shansheath. A little bit of Doctor Who trivia here. Anytime a Doctor Who character dies, a Shansheath earns its wings. I'm so terribly, terribly, terribly sorry for your loss. Goodbye. Uh, okay, um, for the listener, um, there was an approximation of a Shansheath there uh, with a uh, sort of emu glove puppet type thing that Nick just happened to have lying around. Uh, so thanks to that contribution and that the Impossible Planet bonus bit. Let's see. Let's see if I can claw back some. Let's see if he chooses one of the things I blooming well chose. So to my bonus bit, and it's actually a really obvious bit that I should have picked as one of my main three, but I just wanted to fox you with the uh, the Rose Tyler uh, rant. <laughs> um, it's Toby. Toby, don't turn around, don't turn around, Toby Haydock. All that scene, all that scene. And uh, he looks in the mirror and it's, uh, he's got his stuff on and all the rest of it, he's got red eyes. He's got red eyes. And uh, oh my God, that's, uh, that's a, a pretty exciting bit. Um, so I would say that is my bonus bit. Uh, thank you. So um, 
I'm, I'm pretty well done now. I bought, got this sheep from uh, um, a second-hand uh, cyber sale. Um, it's, uh, it's called a cyber sheep, actually. Um, it, it gets a bit frisky sometimes, but um, I think it's safe. <laughs> Excuse me. I think I better... <laughs> Goodbye. Um, now, you may think that Nick is a frustrated performer. He's not frustrated at all. He's, he's, he's very much a performer and having a great time doing it. Uh, thanks to Nick for his contribution. Uh, he will plug his wares uh, at the end of the next episode. Uh, he does a brilliant podcast called the uh, Scratch and Sniff podcast, where he's interviewed some brilliant people, Stephanie Beecham, uh, uh, Anne Mitchell, uh, Julie Hesmondhall, uh, all sorts of people. And there's also an episode with me. Um, uh, I suspect he's interviewed my other half as well, I suspect she was the target and i was <laughs> I, I i i was the uh, little piece of land that you had to capture first um before you got to the capital um anyway i thoroughly enjoyed that episode it was uh, it was a bit it's i mean i loved it at first time when this when it was t it was the blazing heat um uh, but it really does seem right to be watching it in the dark as I am uh, because what was that sorry somebody's somebody's saying my my name um, that what that, that, that they're telling me not to turn around but but I want to turn around but they say I'll, they'll say I'll die if I turn around Thank you so much Toby Haydock for allowing me to be on this podcast and uh, I'm looking forward to coming back to talk about the Satan Pit with you. Um, just to say that I have a podcast called SNS Online where I interview actors, writers, musicians and all sorts uh, so check that out and I'm available for weddings, bar mitzvah, summer season for the rest of my life. But until next time it's uh, me, Nick Randall, uh, signing out. Happy times and places! Thank you very much for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydoke, and my guest, Nick Randall, who can be found online on Twitter at Scratch and Tweet. Scratch, the letter N, Tweet. That's his podcast that he's plugging, and great fun it is too. This podcast would not be possible without the support of patrons, who include Ruben Herfindahl, Peter Harness, Rob Leonard, Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw... Jim Sankster, Matt Sawyer, Keith Say, Len Stewart, Neil Tate, Nick Tedston, Nick Temple, Sabrina Tirabassi, Reynard Toombs, Apollo C. Vermouth, Gary Wales, Adam Westwood, Rich Wiggins, Michael Williams, Andrew Willis, and Stephen White. The music for this podcast is by Dave Gates, and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. Do you want to become a patron of a tired and lonely thespian who churns out Doctor Who-related chat at a ridiculous level? Yes, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, you're getting these a couple of times a week, about 50 minutes worth of material every week. Patrons get about double that, and they're six months ahead with the happy times and places, and a bit ahead too with the too much information and 
Indefinable Magic podcasts. There's also bonus material, exclusive material, and a bit of chitter-chatter as well. You can do all of those things on patreon.com forward slash Toby from as little as £3 a month. Signing up for a year gets you 10% off on top of that. Uh, if you like to support the arts, but not as a regular thing, the arts, he says, the arts. But, you know, <laughs> that boy's got to try. Uh, you can do so at ko-fi.com forward slash Toby where you can just buy me a coffee or give me a tip or just uh, make my heart dance a little bit in the middle of the day. Um, if you can do neither of those things, and that's perfectly understandable, I'm just grateful to you for listening this to this stuff. Uh, however, if you like it, please give it five stars wherever you get your podcasts from. I know I keep asking, but that really, really does help uh, to to get it up the charts and on the lists and just get it noticed so that more people listen and hopefully like it, because otherwise I'm just howling at the moon and you and you're lovely. But um, I'd look a bit strange if there's just the two of us. Yes, you, you could be the only listener. You're, you're not, but if my algorithms aren't tickled, you might be. So go ahead and tickle them by giving me five stars and a good review at iTunes or Podbean or any of the places where you get your podcasts from. Thank you. And my real job is being a stand-up comedian and I present a show, Excess Malarkey, every Tuesday at 8pm in Manchester in the UK. We went online during the pandemic and that was successful enough to ensure that people asked that we continue. Now, we can't do that every Tuesday. We're live again. So the first Sunday of every month on twitch.tv forward slash excessmalarkey, I will be presenting four comedians from around the world uh, doing what they do best and uh, at absolutely no cost to you. There is a donation uh, model button thing available, but uh, you don't have to. So uh, if, uh, if you do nothing on the first Sunday of any month at 8pm it's there on twitch.tv forward slash excessmalarkey and uh, there are clips and highlights from previous shows and all our lockdown stuff on there as well so you can lose yourself if you fancy doing a deep dive this post credit stuff is threatening to be longer than the actual show now